0: two men cross a barren wasteland to tell their story at an institution called Nipissing University. It was in their triumph and their failure that they learned. Life can't really be taught, it can only be told. So lo and behold folks, it's the Lake Show. What else do you want to know? Hello friends, family, colleagues alike. Salty, what's going on, my brother? Oh, nothing much, man. Happy to be back. Happy to be back, buddy. It is Wednesday, February 6, 2019 as we are recording this, folks. It's snowing again as it always is and it's minus 14. But uh, we're moving past that. Happy to be back on the show once again. And uh, yeah, uh, not a bad week here. Salt, what's going on with you, my man? Just been traveling around, watching
1: different teams play. Uh, big weekend. We had a lot of games going on. So I think I made all of them this weekend, which was pretty sweet. You made um, all the games? Yeah. I did uh, basketball, hockey, volleyball. Or missed one volleyball game, actually. But other than that, I made all of them. So it was fun. It was Absolutely. Nice
0: Guy's getting his butt in the seats. That's what I like to see. <laughs> so what you were there uh, volleyball afternoon, hockey yep. at night. Yeah.
1: I did basketball Friday. We actually ran the halftime show with the Lakers crew, which is fun. We had uh, oh. we brought everybody that was out and well, ask anybody that was out in the crowd that wanted to come out and take a half-court shot. I had the mic. I would uh, chirp or encourage people. And we actually had Parker Anderson shout out to him. I uh, hit a half-court shot, which is pretty
0: sweet. Parker? Yeah. Pretty sweet, Ice man. in his veins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It Disturbing child that guy is. <laughs> Not surprised he's draining threes out there. <laughs> and you had the microphone out there, Salty. How was that? Was it was fun- good. Yeah, it was different did than you, me. Uh, you get the crowd going? I
1: tried to. You know, it was, it was a pretty good crowd. Actually, it was uh, it was against the Reds there with Northern Rivals, so good decent amount of people in there. Um, but, yeah, no, it was fun. It was different than, than sitting here with a mic, but, yeah, it was good. Yeah,
0: cool. get on your hands and uh, get off your uh, tushy and get moving around a bit with the that's, microphone.
1: That's just it. Yeah, I could run around and do my thing. Right on.
0: That would have been fun. Yeah. For sure. Next time I'll have to get you out there if you're not playing or whatever. I would love to yeah. get out there and uh, <laughs> yeah. create an atmosphere Absolutely. in an athletic environment for our students. <laughs> I think that would be – uh, That'd be something I'd definitely be capable of, I, th- I believe. I think so. Um. So we had, yeah, we had a bunch of teams in action. And Don just might as well just quickly do the, let's, let's do, do a quick rundown with that. And uh, I don't know, do you want to start uh, with? Uh I'll hit
1: up uh, basketball. Yeah, we'll, we can go chronolog- chronological. Chron- Chronologically, Chronologically, I believe is the word <laughs> you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. let's do it like let's that. Let's hit it up. So uh, yeah, the women's basketball team started, off, started us off on Friday. Uh, playing a solid Laurentian team that had beaten uh, Carlton not too long ago, so they were in tough in that. Uh, girls played really well. Michaela Branker was on Fuego. Uh, she had twenty three points. She was hitting threes when needed. So far at eighteen, so um, it was a good game for for the girls. They couldn't get the win though. They were um, in the, in it the entire game, pushing hard with uh, with coach pushing them along. But yeah, couldn't get the win. And the for the men. Another really good game, the guys are, are fighting hard despite kind of a tough season. Marcus Lewis had 26, Will Tran off the bench had 16. Uh, tough team, Laurentian, they have the best uh, player in the country, they shut him down. He really couldn't find his stride, which was awesome. We had the Lakers crew sitting right behind their bench making some noise and trying to, to frustrate them a little bit, and it, we thought it worked. Um, it was a three-point game, they had a shot at the end there, kind of like a half-court shot to hit it. Maybe if Parker was on the on the court, they could have helped him out a little bit. But it was a good game, very entertaining uh and the guys you know they, they deserve better in that game because i think they they all play the wrench in there but you know what that happens It's uh that's sports right on yeah how about you uh, do you want to hit us up with some
0: hockey yeah we got uh both teams were in action uh the men's teams actually played three games since last friday they had a game yesterday but before we go into that uh we'll get uh, quickly into uh the women's team we're down in st Catharines. they were playing brock university and uh after dropping four in a row, the Lakers, they were able to make it two straight wins as they uh, shut down the Brock Badgers and came away with a 2-1 victory Saturday night on the road. And all the offense came from Jetta Darinoski, who's having a very impressive uh, third season with the Lakers. And uh, she had both goals in that. Uh, and uh, was set up by Kaylee Tianhara both times, Captain Kaylee Tianhara. So shout out to both those girls having a good game. Um, and yeah, both those goals came just before the five-minute mark of the midway point of the first period and uh, the score remained that until the third period when Brock was able to bang home one but uh, Danica Rager made 16 saves in the effort while Nipissing fired 24 shots at the Badgers net so a nice win for them. Their season concluding very soon I believe and uh, they're in the hunt for uh, home ice I believe in the playoffs so keep you updated with that. They're doing quite well as uh, things come to an end there and uh, we'll move on to the guys side of team uh, chasing a playoff spot and uh, the boys played Queen's and rmc on the weekend was going into laurentian on tuesday which was yesterday morning as we're recording now on wednesday but so we'll uh, start with friday quickly uh boys came out strong ended up getting a 2 nothing lead on goals from gail Lubweli and uh matt donnelly and uh it was it was a good start boys came out hard got a 2 nothing uh, lead and then uh, held that into the third period where unfortunately with about five minutes to go the wheels came off and uh, a very strong Queens team managed to uh, capitalize on a power play opportunity, got sneak a tying goal in there, and then it was like 13 seconds left. They banged yeah. one home yeah. and and, and <coughs> got a win there and stole some points from the team that would have been very, very important in the uh, playoff race right now. So the next night, luckily uh, – had another game at home at the Gardens in uh, the men's were playing against RMC in the annual the 10th annual military night, which was actually a very good turnout. <laughs> we had uh, really cool jerseys on yeah. and uh, raised a bit of money for that. And uh, that was a really good event. And boys were able to get a big win there, uh, winning 6-3 after a really strong performance from D- Cat- assistant captain Danny Deroche local product, Huge. great hair. <laughs> good looking kid Great no he had too, uh, yeah he had a hat trick he had a couple nasty ones yeah. he had a penalty shot and I don't know I don't know if the guy's jog strap was up in section <laughs> six or seven it's still but there, actually, yeah. I, I, it was off his, his garter belt, his pants were around his ankles. The goal, the goalie might never play again. It was we'll actually that, gross. So I don't know if you saw a video of it on social media. It was uh, disgusting. Yeah, we had the Lakers crew. Yeah, it was gross. Too. So yeah, Lakers crew providing us with some highlights of that. Thank you very much, boys. And uh, yeah, so that was a good game. Boys won that one. Uh, that was a big win. And uh, they were at one point behind Laurentian going to a huge game yesterday at the Countryside Arena in Sudbury. And uh, the boys, unfortunately, got out to a slow start. It was an 11 a.m. start yesterday. It was a school game. My man Salty made the trip to support the boys. Is we were very, very thankful. But, it, unfortunately, it was not a good effort. Boys were a little sluggish. Uh, Laurentia got a couple goals off the start. Ended up going into the third period down 4 nothing, and uh, got a couple late ones. Unfortunately, that's a regulation loss. And uh, two points given up to the team they're chasing and now and now we're down three three points to uh, Laurentian going into our final weekend we need to get three points to tie them or win both games to pass them and we need them to lose both games so not an easy task to do going into Ottawa playing first place team in the OUA East but boys I uh, got nothing to, to do here but uh, get the job done so wishing uh, us well us well the boys well in the weekend hopefully we can uh, you know get it done here because it's an unfortunate spot we've put ourselves in but no excuses got to have a big weekend but enough about that uh Salty, yeah. What else do we have sports-wise? Yeah, I'll we'll off with
1: some volleyball. Uh, kind of group both teams together here. They both played Queens on Saturday. I was able to watch both games there too. Women unfortunately could not win a set. Uh, the men won a set. They make it, made one-one after two. They were in the game. They played really well. And then, kind of same thing. A little bit of a gap there in the, in the fourth or in the third and the fourth, and they, they couldn't get the the win. Queens is not a huge team, but they they play well. They they kind of have uh, their whole lineup. You know, kind of gets the job done. So, tough loss there, but then both teams bounced back on Sunday. Uh, the women, a bit of a marathon there against RMC, a little bit of a scare to the crowd, winning 3-2 in a fifth set. we uh, getting the job done nonetheless, and then the guys took care of business uh, pretty easily on Sunday, winning 3-0. And, uh, like I said, taking care of business and getting that win, breaking that losing streak. So, big weekend for both of them coming up, hitting up Hamilton and St. Catharines. It's going to be some tough games, but we wish them the best of luck. Absolutely.
0: And uh, we got a great interview today. Huge interview, yeah. And, I think uh, Honestly,
1: it might be our best one yet. I think it was our best
0: one yet. These yeah. guys, uh, we had a couple Nordic guys on. We had uh, Jordan Castiget. Kastig- yep, Castanet. Castanet. And uh, we had Alex Maycock come on. And uh, yeah, no. Really was, interesting uh, stuff. We had current... Uh, current athlete and we had current coach former yeah. athlete on so yeah. yeah it was it was a good dynamic and these guys uh, really wanted to come on and tell us a bit about uh, their season and what they have going on so i think we might as well just uh, we just had them leave and we just recorded that and like Salty said, might be our best interview yet. Yeah, it was awesome. It kind was really good. The ins and outs about everything. And this is stuff, the 10th episode, right? Yep, 10. The 10th is the decade digits. episode, buddy. So yeah, but without further ado, might as well just go right Let's into do that smoothly, it. folks. It's the Lake Show. What else do you want to know? Continuing on, folks, with our interview series here with the entire Nipissing student body. We're going to get to the bottom of it in each and every issue this uh, campus has to offer, but uh, we're getting on two members of our Nordic Ski Team here to uh, tell us a bit about how their season's been and uh, how things are ramping up with uh, Nipissing hosting the OUA Championship here next weekend. So, without further ado, we have uh, to my right here, we have Alex Maycock, and on my left we have Jordan Cascanette, and uh, they're both going to tell us a little bit about their time at Nipissing and uh, how things have been here for them. So Alex, Jordan, uh, just tell us a bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, uh, what, you, what you've been taking here at Nipissing, how your time is, and uh, a little bit about uh, just what being on the Nordic Ski Team is like in general for us. Would you, uh, would you go on with that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Jordan Cascanette. I uh, grew up in Penetang, Ontario, uh, Southern Ontario and Georgian Bay. Uh, I've been in Nipissing for six years now. Um, I was the uh, former men's captain uh, for four years, uh, and I'm now moved into an assistant coaching role this year, and I've been having a blast with that. Um, It's been really, really exciting to see how far this team has come in the last six years. Uh, We definitely started at the bottom of the OUA um, all that time ago, but now we're up with the best of them with uh, Carlton and Lakehead in the past have been the strongest, but Uh, It's exciting to say that we're up there with them and last year uh, Alex and I and another teammate Caden Sim uh, got in for the gold at the 2018 relay and um, yeah we're excited to see what we can do this year, see if we can defend that title. My name's Alex Maycock, I'm from Orangeville,
3: Ontario. I'm second year phys ed student at Nipissing. I'm currently the men's captain. It's been really great time skiing for Nipissing the last two years. Um, As Jordan said we had a really great OUA championship last year. We brought home a lot of medals and we're excited to try to do the same again on our home snow.
1: Um, Just to bring it back to you Jordan real quick you mentioned how it's been cool to see the progress of the team from your first year to now and I think that's one thing that's cool in Nipissing is that we're such a new school and fresh school that we kind of be, it's lucky for us to be part of history and we get to see how we keep growing as a school and as our sports teams grow. So just kind of want to go on a bit about that and see how like maybe some of the stories from your first year to now and how it's been a little different.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so in in skiing uh, for the past, to best of my
2: knowledge, 10, maybe even 20 years on the OUA circuit, um, it's just been Lakehead and Carleton at the top. They've just been battling it out and then all the other schools just kind of do their thing and hope for the best. Um so yeah, it's been that was a goal when I arrived six years ago. I'm working with Toivo and the rest of the team, um, wanting to get the team up with with them, and it's been a, a grind. Definitely didn't happen right away, um, but but yeah, we've been slowly increasing our medal haul for the last four years. Um, both both the men's and women's teams are looking really strong this year. Last year, our men's team finished. Uh, where there's the silver medalists and then our women's team, I believe, was bronze. So this year we're looking to see if we can uh, at least match that, if not do a little better.
0: That's unreal. And, and, and I just want to like also just break it down for people that probably don't know much about the sport as a part for it other than being a ski team. So when you say Nordic skiing, you're talking about multiple events, different disciplines. You have how many members do you have on the men's team? How many members are you have on the women's team? Give us a little bit of a breakdown about like it. Does every athlete compete in each event? And what will like when you go on a weekend like the like the OUA championships next weekend like what will that entail? What is it? does like a competition weekend look like for the Nordic ski team?
3: Yeah, so our varsity team consists of nine athletes this year, five men, four women, and the way the the races work is we have both classic and skate skiing. So with classic skiing, your skis are parallel in the track the whole time, and then skate skiing is basically kind of similar to ice skating except longer skis, long pushes, Um, and then we have to be able to race everything between 1500 meters and 30 kilometers. So you have to be able to go really fast for three minutes and have the stamina to last an hour and a half. So being able to, to train all summer long, building your endurance is super important for our sport, because when you come to a race weekend, you're going to have to be able to do sprint races, middle distance races, five, ten kilometer races, um, all the way up
1: to our long distance events. So, how do you train for that? Because usually, like sports, will have it's either speed or endurance, right? So they get to kind of focus. How do you guys do to train for both at the same time, basically? Uh, yeah, so we put a lot of time and thought into our training programs.
2: Um, we um, our our yearly training plans last about eleven months, and then they get the athletes get the month of April off to pretend they're normal people and <laughs> um, <nice>. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so to get it all in we we try to block it up a little bit um, really going with the kind of a periodization model so throughout the summer we really focus on long um, slow workouts where they can get the hours in um, that's kind of twofold because in skiing technique is huge so being a good technical skier um, makes the world a difference so by doing those long slow workouts um, they can put tons of hours in to work on their technique and they're also building their um, basically their endurance base and that's what's going to carry them through the year and then once we get closer to the race season so once September october hits that's where we kind of turn the turn down the volume and turn up the intensity um, start doing the harder workouts so the hill repeats the stuff that um, makes these guys, really sweat and uh, yeah, end up on their backs. But um, yeah, so that's usually how we prep for the year. And then our race season, depending on the athletes, they all kind of do their own things, but um, it can last from December through to the end of March. So having that big base um, of training through the summer actually helps them last that long as well, because it's a long season of hard racing. Cool.
0: So, I I like to, like, so in the summer, it's almost like with that big, those big volume workouts, it's like you're building the base, essentially, and then when, you know, you said the fall comes, and you ramp up the intensity, and you kind of go from that, well, when you're working on the technique in the summer, now I'm assuming when you're skiing, you mean you're on, like, the roller skis, is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, what, what does that, like, transition well into skating on snow, because I, I don't know, playing hockey, that's why I'm taking my experience from it, you always played roller hockey growing up, like, you go back on the ice, your stride's hilarious, you're, you're not you're not playing like it does it just doesn't translate well so when you're saying you're working on the technique in the summer on the roller skis does that translate well on the snow it does it works it works
2: quite well actually um, there's a little bit of a difference between like Alex was saying the two different disciplines classic and skate personally I find it's a you get more gains out of the skate roller skiing just because there's some subtle differences with the classic technique that makes it hard to replicate without snow but yeah yeah it's a really good way to um, really practice getting the balance because that's one of the big things with skiing and being able to just balance on one ski while it's gliding at a pretty high speed Um, that takes a long time to get so that's they can definitely be getting a lot out of that from roller skis and a few of our athletes um, occasionally get invites to training camps with other teams they go to glaciers in the summer so they can do altitude camps on snow it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah that's sweet
0: well we were talking to alex just before we uh, popped on here with got the interview going but we were saying They are essentially, like, they're different disciplines in the same. You work in different muscle groups, and I'm not trying to say one's easier than the other, but, like, when you're doing multiple events a day, I'm assuming you'll probably do a skate event and a classic event in the same
3: day. Am I right? Or even on the same weekend. So, Saturday, you might do a skate race and Sunday a classic. So, being able to manage your recovery, sleep lots, eat lots, um, and get massage, some type of therapy between really can make a world of a difference to... Um, your your race the next day so it's important that you you manage that
0: I bet a sport like that I feel like you know there's so like you can't really fake it with taking care of your body and whatnot that's just (laughs) you know it's kind of what it all comes down to but what I was going to say also is like when you are coming off going from like a classic ski to a, to a skate ski or vice versa is it almost like sometimes when you switch the events it's almost like because you're using different muscles different energy systems it's almost like a relief you're like thank god I'm not doing a skate again today because I'd be dead or or vice versa I don't know is it like that at all or is can you?
3: or even a little bit maybe if you've done a triathlon that transition from um, at least in our skiathlon events where you have you're racing both skate and classic and when you jump on your skate skis, it's it's a new feeling because with classic skiing you're using a lot more upper body, whereas skating you get to use your legs and big
1: pushes. So it's a bit of a
0: might be like a relief to switch, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> asking.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> sweet. Um, just a touch again. You said you switch skis, right? So if you would do both, um, do you want to get into a bit of the skis and maybe like you said, sometimes you change skis on weather or the type of skiing you're doing? Or so just kind of go off. You both can go off on that and just explain to it.
2: Um, yeah, so just to go off what Alex mentioned there, um, there's a certain type of race called skiathlon, um, also called, uh, some people refer to it as a pursuit. Um, but basically, that's where you start on classic skis. Um, uh, yeah, depending on the distance, like for the men, it's often a 30k race. Oh, so God. you'll. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. yeah, we're a unique breed. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> just, yeah. So oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you'd, you'd start out with a 15k Classic. Um, yeah. And then there's actually, there's usually an exchange zone in the stadium. So cool. you race in, you've got your skate gear there waiting for you, um, switch skis as fast as you can, then you go out and race, skate 15K as fast as you can. Wow. And then
1: first to the finish line wins. So what's the difference in skis then? Like, what is it just the support? The f- like, is there a flex to them? Like, I have no idea, right? <laughs> like, I know you might probably get laughing in your head, but like, so what's kind of the, like, what's the difference between all the skis? So the skate skis are a little shorter.
3: Um, and classic skis are longer they have the longer curved tip on classic they also have a unique grip pocket right below your foot so that when you stomp down on your ski you'll be able to get grip in the track so that you can keep climbing whereas skating they're shorter um, and with skate you have longer poles classic shorter poles and then also some athletes have different skis for different conditions so if the snow is cold you'll have a a different base ski than if the conditions are wet and rainy?
2: Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the classic skis are, are made in a pretty cool way. Basically, it's, it's really dependent on your weight, so when you're picking the right ski for your for the individual, it really depends on their weight and the stiffness of the ski. So basically, you want the ski to be stiff enough that when you're standing with your weight evenly distributed between the two, uh, you'll just glide over the snow. But then if you shift all of your weight onto one ski, it's gonna compress enough to get grip so you can climb the hills. Huh. That's
0: awesome. awesome. There's so much that goes into it that you don't think of, yeah. and that's why I like asking these questions. And, and I seen you guys were loading up, uh, must have been... If this wasn't this last weekend, it might have been the weekend before, but you were loading up the trailer there, and I seen you guys getting <laughs> all your gear in there, and I, I kind of just poked my head in to look at it, just see what it was looking like. And you had, like, the big wax table up there and everything like that. So when I'm presuming you guys must get them done, like, before every race. or What's that like? So how much care goes into taking care of your skis and waxing them? And, like, do you wax them yourself in your garage? Because I know some people that do that with their downhill skis, but I don't know how it works with cross-country skis, you know?
3: So we, we do take care of our skis um, in terms of preparing them for the races. We'll put a base coat on, but then when we get to the races, we have uh, our wax wizard, Ray, uh, Seb dad, who does an amazing job. Basically this past weekend in um, Duntroon at Canadian Easterns, we had some of the fastest skis out there because it really is a matter of testing what waxes are the fastest for the day. Um so Jordan and Toivo are up at six in the morning testing what wax is going to give us the fastest uh, pair of skis wow. because, That's you know, cool. the ski choice itself is maybe 70 or 80 percent important, but also that last 10, 20 percent is all the matter of um, that wax choice.
0: What does a ski uh, wax test entail? Did you get the skis <laughs> actually going in the morning? The boys humming around. Uh, yeah.
2: So this is the really the really neat part of the sport. Like it is an individual sport, but it we really couldn't do it without the the, the whole team. Um, so yeah, like Alex said, the coaching staff. We head out uh, three three to four hours before the first race goes, and uh, yeah, when the races start at 9 a.m., that often means pretty early mornings for us. So yeah, this weekend was pretty pretty neat. We had Ray. Uh, and Toivo prep all the test skis. We've got 10 pairs of test skis. And then they send me out onto the trails with all 10 pairs. And wow. I ski them all in, pick which one's working best. And then we throw that on all the other race skis.
1: So you could just, you just feel it? Like by testing all of them, you're like you know what, these are the ones today we're gonna go with this. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's
0: wild. And you can genuinely feel the difference of the the wax just on different conditions. Like I know this sounds like a general question, but like it actually makes that big of a difference. <clears throat> Huge difference.
2: Yeah, it makes it wow. a really massive difference for sure. So there's
0: obviously a lot that goes into it, and 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 when you say you know you got coach, and, and is is Ray a coach too? Is he like the technician guy kind of thing? He's yeah, the wizard. Ray's
1: our, our technician there. <laughs> the wizard, yeah. as you said,
2: he's he's the magic bullet. the the cog and the machine imagine that
1: like if you were 9 if you guys played at 11 yesterday or something like that and it's 6am and you're out there with 10 different pairs
0: of skates and you're like you know what I like these I like these ones (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know who would do that for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that's hilarious. So yeah. like, I, I don't know. Like it's just cool. Like all that you know, those things that go into it. They know obviously me not knowing much about the sport. Uh, I like asking those things. You know, being an athlete, you have yeah. all your, your little superstitions and whatnot. And and I and before I want to ask you guys a bit about your, your tests and stuff. But be first, what I wanted to ask, you guys' diets must be like hilarious. Like you guys are ta- <laughs> like you guys must be like like just machines burning calories. So I assume you guys eat like hilarious. Like what what goes into a little bit of like the nutrition of a nordic athlete
3: yeah we definitely have to make sure that we're taking in enough calories considering that if we're doing a two or three hour ski we're probably burning two or three thousand calories so Um, getting enough protein and carbs um, is the big thing we'll do shakes after workouts and stuff
0: so another thing i like to like obviously like i know i look at myself in the mirror and i'm like this guy ain't winning any nordic ski (laughs) events anytime soon um like there's a body type obviously you guys are trying to get to try to find and 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 when that comes down to testing and whatnot like like what, what's like a, a – because a, obviously every sport's different and, you know, you're testing, you know, you're trying to test spe- spe- specifically is the word I'm looking for, for your sport. And obviously, like I said, that's different for, for every different sport, every different discipline. So what is – like what do you guys – like I'm assuming you guys do pretty rigorous fitness testing. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying this. I've seen actually some of the testing <laughs> go down when I'm at the gym. I almost threw up just looking at you guys. It was disgusting. And, uh, um, but like, just tell us what that looks like and um, really – like, that must be an awful day. So I just kind of want to hear what the fitness <laughs> yeah. test looks like for the Nordic Ski Team.
2: Uh, yeah, so we've got
0: a few different tests that we do. Um,
2: some of them we try to make, have them have some kind of field components. So we'll do some actual time trials on um, either running or on roller skis. So, you, yeah, anyone on campus has probably seen roller skiers flying up and down College Drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so we, we have some tests out there. We used to use Airport Hill before they uh, paved college. Um, but, yeah, in the gym. Uh, like you were saying there, we've got a few. We do VO2 max testing on the bike just to get some um, kind of quantifiable numbers. Um, and then also to keep things more ski specific, we've got what we call a critical power test. Um, so for, for anyone who's been into the Nipissing Athletics um, facility, you may have noticed the ski erg or the weird looking upstanding up rowing <laughs> machine. Yep. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's basically mimicking double pole, which is a really common technique that we're using out there when we're racing. And uh, what we do is we have the athletes do three different tests with just a few minutes rest in between. We're counting the pulls that they're doing. So, we got 40 pulls, 120, and then 240 pulls. So, it lasts anywhere from maybe one to six minutes, depending on the athlete. 40, 120, or 240 pulls, as hard as you can go. And, yeah, that's the test where you usually see people throwing up and kind of having a hard time at the end. that's that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, like that <laughs>
1: sounds terrible.
0: And So when and you said the VO2 max, and I can tell you right now that's probably my least favorite thing I've ever done in my life. Yep. Um, do you have, like, a benchmark? Like, I don't know, is it different for each sport? Like, do you come in, like, to camp being, like, you got to get, someone, like, a certain number on the VO2 or something like that? Or is there, like, a benchmark you're trying to get the athletes at, or is it kind of a personal thing?
2: Uh, yeah it's more of a personal thing um, it is something that naturally everyone's going to have a different VO2 max obviously the training that we do um, one purpose is to increase that number um, but yeah I, I think there is a window you you can only increase it by a certain percent of what you're kind of given um, so we we look at those numbers more as a a way to gauge improvement or change over time versus like a, a number that we say mm-hmm. you have to hit this just because everyone's going to be yeah. so different.
0: That makes sense mm-hmm. for sure. And I only asked that because like you're saying I had to do it myself, I had to do it a couple of years in a row. And, and I was talking to Alex before. Would you say? Would you say your highest score you ever got in the VO2 max was? So this uh,
3: past fall, I got 71. I oh think for the goodness. 71. VO2 t-
0: That is disgusting. (laughs) Like for anyone, I I don't know, the VO2 test, for those who don't know what we're talking about, is when you sit on the bike and they essentially shove a tube down your throat and plug your nose and make you (laughs) ride the bike until you scream no. (laughs) (laughs) And it just reads um, how, it essentially reads uh, how well your body takes in oxygen when you're under yeah. stress is that what it does? Yeah, yeah, it's
2: how efficient your body uses the oxygen that you're breathing in.
0: That's right. So, it's a, it's a tough test. It obviously yeah. pushes you to your limit and and I was just saying to Alex before like I when I thought one summer when I was an absolute freakazoid, I thought I thought <laughs> I was in unreal shape, flying around, worked really hard one summer and I got a 61 and that was like the highest I ever gotten. Like right now I'd probably be like i'd be lucky to get 55 probably like literally so yeah. i hear in like 71 like that's a huge difference and that's like massive, yeah. and obviously it's a totally different sport whatnot but like that's just very impressive to think that yeah. and like i don't know like what would be like a, an olympic nordic like an olympic like skier i've heard they're up in like the 90s is I that true the
3: world director is about 94 oh. is that their yeah they're about oh. so the, the big thing there's the more years you have under your belt um you can keep pushing that number. Yeah.
0: Right. Especially once, and I feel like it's such a mental thing, like once you, yeah. cause once you're on, you're at that level of like pushing yourself that hard, just, you have to get there a couple of times to like understand what it feels like. And I feel like then once you get there, you've done it a couple of times, you might be able to push through a little bit better, but 94, that's, that's like superhuman. Like that's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Like we, speaking of like kind of pushing yourself, we hear stories, of people hitting the wall, right? Like that wall that people talk about. Have you guys seen or experienced it? And like, how like brutal is that?
2: Uh, personally, I've, uh, only experienced it in running, actually. Okay. I, uh, yeah. I've, I've raced two marathons in my life and it happened in both of them. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, probably cause I didn't train the way you should for Fair. a marathon, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I hear that's important. <laughs> yeah. No. Come on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. You, yeah. you get to the point, um, where you're, uh, yeah, as skiers or anyone who's in, in endurance sports or any sports I guess you you need to be pretty mentally tough when things get hard to keep pushing um, but yeah there does come a point where no matter what how strong you are in your mind your muscles will just shut down and
1: that's crazy
0: that's a pretty rough feeling yeah, yeah. you're saying that's happening in running and i can't imagine when you're like when you're skiing out there and yeah. you take in the weather like how much that must play a factor cuz i can't imagine the difference from it being like you know minus 5 you know and and, and we were talking about Alex was saying there's a, you guys don't race if it's below minus 20 right right that's like the cutoff so but even so minus 15 minus five like that's a that's a big difference and when you're racing these long distances like that must come into play like do you wear different outfits different uh gear like how does and how do you obviously i'm assuming with all the different waxes and conditions (laughs) that's coming into play there must be a, a lot of different things that you prepare for with the weather being different like that
3: right so especially on a cold day you want to make sure you're warm at the line um and also, if it's minus 15, you're probably gonna have a layer or two below your thin spandex suit, cause yeah. you'll get cold out there. Whereas if it's only minus five or zero degrees, you might just race in your race suit alone.
2: Yeah, it's a fine line. You don't want to, uh, even when it's that cold, if you overdress, you start to sweat and then you hit the next downhill and it all freezes. I was just, then, yeah, uh, already, just gonna ask yeah, that question yeah. too.
0: Yeah. Cause I, when I used to ski as a kid, I used to hate that. You'd overdress and you'd yeah. sweat and then you're having worse time cause you're sweating. Yeah. So. It's obvious, yeah, you got, I'm sure you guys skied long enough, though, you kind of know what to wear and what to do now. But I don't know, it's just kind of cool hearing all these things you guys yeah. do before uh, before uh, races and whatnot.
1: I'd be wearing a couple of layers under my tight skin for <laughs> yeah, now. No one would want to yeah. see me in no tight suit. Yeah. <laughs> Duct tape is a
2: good thing when it's cold. Yeah, yeah it's cold. Just, just throwing that <laughs> out Yeah, there. The guys wear wind briefs for sure. Yeah. Put oh, that man. over the base layer, a little extra wind protection. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep it tight.
0: <laughs> vital. <laughs> that's
1: unreal. Oh real. man, maybe yeah. that to be some of our, our next YouTube videos. We'll get. our friend in one of those suits and see if we can race each other. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I don't do
0: think we'd be allowed to post that. <laughs> I've uh, I've skied a couple times, but I, I'm not, not much of a ski. I'm, like no, I thought, no. I was a little cocky going in. Thought I'm <laughs> pretty good skater. Thought I'd be able to rip around really yeah. well, but it's uh. It's, tough. it's not a joke, so. I have the ultimate respect for Nordic athletes. And yeah, it was an awesome having you guys up here and come on on.
1: Yeah. Um, so just before we let you guys go, we're actually really lucky to have a former FISU athlete and a, somebody that's coming in currently going to FISU, right? So uh, before we let you go, just wanted to ask maybe what your experience was and how you're preparing and what like what you're looking forward to. Maybe if you guys want to add to that. Uh,
2: yeah. So I had the had the privilege to go to FISU twice. I went in 2013 and 2017. So Italy and Kazakhstan and. Um, yeah, the latter in, in Kazakhstan in twenty seventeen was was really amazing. Like when I was a kid growing up, all I really thought about and cared about was uh, going to the Olympics for cross country skiing. So I um, fell short of that. But the FISU Games are the next biggest multi sport games in the world, and it definitely had that feel to it. it had the whole opening and closing ceremonies. They built a full on athletes village. So we had the Canadian compound next to all the other nations. Um, so it was really really neat to be in in such a kind of high-performance, multi-sport games.
0: Now, does, And the Visu games happen every year, am I not mistaken?
2: That's every two years. Every
0: two years? Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. It, so, and, and they're happening again this year, if I'm not mistaken, as well?
3: Yeah, th- these games are in Russia. So I fly out February 26th, and I'm there for about two weeks. Um, the big thing with a, a travel like that is two days of travel, so managing um, the jet lag and taking uh, maybe just the necessary precautions with that.
0: Um, How early are you gonna get there before you gotta go? Three skiing? days before. So it's a, you say it's a twelve-hour time change. Yeah. Wow. And then with all that travel involved, you gotta get some sleep pretty pretty quick and get on get on schedule. so Just yeah. as
3: fast as you can. I think getting in their time zone is really cool. And what I'm excited about is experiencing just what Jordan's talked about that whole athlete village and the um, opening closing ceremonies. All the things that I've dreamed about for a long time will be pretty cool to experience and.
0: That's unreal. No, I and I, I couldn't imagine. And you know, we've we've been lucky at to Have a couple athletes from from multiple programs uh, attend the FISU games. So awesome for Alex and uh, and Jordan to be a part of that. And honestly, I, I mean, I'm we we'll having to keep some tabs on you, see how you're doing. So you, will we'll, you're competing in the same events? You'll be competing in the OUA.
3: Similar, yeah. We have anything there will be fifteen hundred meter skate, ten k classic, ten k skate. 30k ski so again train for all those disciplines and
0: so where you are in terms of that that's pretty coming up pretty quick here so you must be on the final leg of uh getting a little bit extra workout in here.
3: right or even just at this point pulling back on the volume and making sure all my intensities are sharp and feeling good just building up the energy doing the small things well, at this point.
1: It must be nice to have someone that's kind of been through it before right help you through that step and stuff too. So Right it's awesome. amazing <laughs> having
3: both Jordan and Shelby so much knowledge on our team. Um, Shelby does an amazing job with the women's team and Jordan's helped mentor me the last few years to help
1: uh, close this gap. Nice. Probably big for us to talk about too the we're hosting the OUA Championships in not this week next week so um, if you can kind of hype it up let us know how it goes if you can get some people out there uh, when we race, and maybe give the scope of what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, yeah, like you said, it's not this weekend, but next. Yeah. And we're looking at uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three days of racing. Um, Saturday will be a classic mass start, uh, 13K, I think is that one. And then Sunday will be a 7.5K skate interval start. And then the Monday is a skate team relay. Um, so just to kind of, break that down for anyone that doesn't know the mass start. It's kind of what it sounds like, the whole group starts at once, head to head. Interval start, uh, everybody goes, um, one person goes every 30 seconds, and then it's you're basically racing the clock, best time wins. And then uh, the relay on the Monday is gonna be a mass start again, and um, that's always the big exciting one because all the teams get real into it. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's it's it is too bad that it's uh, this the first weekend going into Reading Week, but we are hoping to see some some Lakers around, kind of give our yeah. athletes some support.
0: Well, I'll be around, so I'll be hopefully making a making a stop and checking that out. And where will that be held in town?
3: So right on campus. Um, wow. So we're the stadium is actually on the pond. So we'll start on the pond, do about a three or four kilometer loop off the pond and come lap through. So for all the events, you'll be able to see a start and finish as well as lap through for a couple hundred meters. So that's you'll sweet. be able to see the excitement. Um, oh, and that's the, unreal. Yeah, in <laughs> and the mass start, up, you'll see where everyone is after three kilometers, wow. see if there's a pack or not, or if there's how the strategy is panning out in the race.
0: Well, there's no excuse then, folks. You know exactly where it is. Uh, I think we can all locate the pond behind the school. So uh, uh, we want to see out there, and I don't care if it's Reading Week. Maybe uh, read here and uh, stay and watch championships because that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's going to and that's it, awesome that we're hosting that. I'm yeah. sure how many athletes will be attending this.
2: Uh, so it's usually about a uh, hundred OUA athletes. Wow. Um, it's usually about fifty men and fifty women. Um, This this event is going to be kind of partnered up with an Ontario Cup race, so there will be a lot of other athletes racing as well, just in different categories. But, uh, yeah, the main event will be the OUA Championships.
0: That's unreal. Yeah, awesome. And so that's coming up, folks, this uh, February 16th to 18th. And you said that's the Saturday is the 16th? So it's the, the Saturday to the Monday. So mark that down in your calendars and be sure to come out and support your Nipissing Lakers Nordic Ski Team as uh, they look to take home some hardware here at the OUA Championships. Really awesome that the school is uh, taking it on, hosting that. And uh, I think It's going to be a pretty good event. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. look forward to it. Unreal. So set your alarm for nine, get a cup of Joe and be at the starting (laughs) line for (laughs) nine forty five, screaming. Meet Jordan there at uh, five AM and 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 Cowboys cowboys out, Cowboys, Cowbell's out. (laughs) (laughs) Get an autograph for two.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, thanks guys for coming on. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Really, that was
0: awesome. Yeah. Lot, yeah, and <laughs> awesome to uh, explore the sport of uh, Nordic skiing a bit because uh, yeah. it was nice to learn a little bit more about it myself. So hopefully you, everyone else listening enjoyed it too. So thanks so much, Jordan, and Alex, and uh, Salty. Uh, good interview, I think. Yeah, so. awesome. Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. You. Man, awesome. no thanks again, boys. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> I just and, and, and when people say knowledge is power, I felt that right there. <laughs> I learned so much about Nordic skiing. No, that was awesome. Seriously. I had a good time. I actually forgot at one point that we were even doing this. I was just literally just bombarding them with questions. I was just curious. I wanted to know. Because, yeah, yeah, I wanted I, – there's a lot that goes into that sport I obviously didn't know. And, yeah. And it was nice talking to those guys about it, and they were uh, really, really good. They did, yeah. a, they did a good job. That was awesome. Were, they, yeah, that was a good interview, I believe. So, absolutely. Uh, we were talking uh, last week, salty. Or no, you know what? Actually, uh, before I go on to, yeah. the, the, <laughs> I wanted to, and I didn't want to say this in front of them because I didn't really want to sound like a dummy. But like the my first, inter- so those roller cross country skis they yeah. talk about. Like, I my first like interaction with those was uh, I had a dog. Rest in peace, Katie, Golden Retriever. God love her, and she was like the best dog in the world. Yeah. But the one thing that would set her off is. These roller cross country skis. If she would see someone on a roller cross country ski, she would chase after them. Like just go wild. And it (laughs) happened a couple times and like I never put my dog on a leash because she was awesome. And one time this old fella goes by, must have been sixty. Had no shirt on. Oh, definitely should have no. had one on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have had a sweater on <laughs> and pants. He was wearing neither. And he's going, and my dog, for some reason, just goes humming after. Oh, man. And then, literally, <laughs> what is, like, and I don't know. Like, she just keeps chasing him. Big dog here? Like, what are we talking about? Like, a gold, full-size golden retriever. Okay, yeah, But, like, but not like, a scary-looking yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked like earbud. <laughs> okay, fair. Sorry. Yeah, nice. so Buddy comes, on. Buddy doesn't know what to do. Buddy's freaking out. <laughs> buddy turns around. Wax my dog with his little country oh. cross-country ski pole, oh, and I'm like 12, thinking I'm a hero. Oh, this is like way back. Oh, there. yeah. I okay, was okay, like yeah, 13. Yeah. Or I was like young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what to do, and I was just like, I was like oh, I'm sort humming down the street after. And I was just, I never run faster in my life. I am oh, trying to catch God. this guy. Yeah. And here we got shirtless, cross-country, yeah. rollerblading old man <laughs> skating away from me, and luckily got away from me, so oh, my, my 13-year-old self yeah. didn't have to deal with him. no. I don't know why that was just like the fir- when he were talking when they were talking about these yeah, things that just was hit just you with that. Picture eh? stupid story. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um bef- yeah, before I was about to talk start talking on this too, but we were talking about Gateway City Brewery yeah, last yeah, weekend yeah. and we both uh separately took our turns checking it out and what would you yep. think?
1: I I was a fan. I kind of enjoyed it. I think uh some were better than others, but that's normal. I wasn't expecting them to have a different ta- uh, types of taps, to be honest with you? I, I didn't expecting... expect that at all. And yeah. when
0: I looked on their website, I thought they only had the four beers, but no, they have a bunch of beers to check out. Yeah. And I honestly was going to go there and do the, the flight, of, the flight yep. and try them yeah, all yeah, out, right. but I ended up having the ISA, the okay. India Session Ale. Right, right. And it was unbelievable. Yeah, that was probably one. Of, I did I did that end up doing favorite. a flight, and
1: that was definitely my favorite. That was I, unreal. Actually, I would recommend it to people. I actually did have a sip
0: know. of the Pilsner, too. wasn't yes. bad. Yeah. But...
1: Wow. ISA. Pretty unreal. cool spot too. I don't even say. Like they're obviously just starting out and they kind of got a couple tables there, but they got some games and you kinda of get to see the barrels too in the back yeah, and stuff. Like I, I, pretty, I thought it was neat.
0: it was really cool. Yeah. They have like a bar right when you walk in. It's yeah. really clean. It obviously is, yeah. it being new, but yeah. It's really nice. So check it out it's just off gormanville i had a little bit of trouble finding it yeah, i won't lie yeah, there's no the sign like when you're coming off the road yeah. so it kind of almost looks like you're going back to those industrial warehouses yeah it looks like you're walking into a warehouse like, yeah like, you got turn. Like you got to like. turn off uh it's not you don't go as far down to see gormanville grocery you turn before that and you go through like those empty parking lots yeah. it's back there so definitely go check that out i also Should have known this. I'm in applied marketing management, fourth year marketing course, like the last one you have to get to get your marketing stream. And I didn't know this, but there is, so in this class, your big project is you partner with a local business. You help them remodel their marketing plan and whatnot, so forth. Help them with that. And um, one of the groups is working with Gateway City Brewery. Oh, really? And I didn't know that. And I felt like an idiot (laughs) Monday in class when we were on the pod talking about it. And I'm like (laughs) trying to go check it out. So that night, that night, we heard, they were talking about it. We had yeah. a little update of their class nice. project, and that was when I decided. I was like, "All right, I got to so go we try check it." Out, so yeah. we went and checked it out. Pretty cool. Something to try out because there's not a lot of cool spots. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say that. Well, it's just it's not. We don't. It's nice to have more options. Yeah,
1: especially something new, right? Like we're we're just gonna try and hmm. help you guys out and try some stuff and let you guys know what we think. Hopefully it says they hold about agree. forty
0: people. They had ping pong, ping pong. They had pinball in there. Yeah cornhole in the summer they got like the big garage style doors those will come yeah, open yeah. i'm sure that's awesome yeah so that'll be that'll be really cool so something to check out and uh yeah absolutely so yeah. i don't know what was what else is going on salty with you my man oh, on placement here eh? yeah got
1: placement to, coming up soon so we'll be doing some uh some skype sessions coming on i guess
0: uh where's placement
1: Ottawa, back home. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I never understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, man, so, like I can see after school. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, So I'll be in Ottawa for a bit. So um, luckily, we have both mics now. We'll be able to do that long distance, and maybe you'll have to entertain some some interviews from from here. And I'll be a couple hours away, but we'll, we'll figure it out. And yeah, that, done. We'll figure it out. Um, and yeah, we've we've released our first ever Lakers crew trailer for the for videos you want to come out so hopefully you guys enjoyed that and then the video will be coming out soon too so stay tuned for that and hopefully a lot of uh, of new videos coming out because i think we, there's a lot of like stuff we can do and a lot of potential there to make you guys laugh so
0: yeah we, yeah we we just think there's uh you know making these videos will hopefully include making for a better community at there you go university yeah. that's the alert. term i want to use with it for it so yeah no we're we're, we're trying to have some fun doing this and uh you know, it seems like some of you are enjoying it, anyways. I hope you are telling your friends about us too. Yep. And make sure I say this every episode, <laughs> and I was I was talking to a couple people about this the other day personally. Yeah. You have to download the episode, yeah. and unfortunately, I have to tell you that because it uh, registers online when you do so. If you simply just listen to it, doesn't give us credit for diddly 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 squat. Exactly. So not to beg you for anything, but please, please subscribe. Like, comment, download, tell a buddy about us. Uh, that'd be huge. Yeah,
1: and, uh, also, sorry, just to add, also on YouTube, too, if you could subscribe that, that'd be huge. We is, there a, is there a... We have a so legit we YouTube we have now. a YouTube channel now called Lakers Crew. We'll try and post that link out there so it's easier for people to find. Is it
0: just it's, Lakers Crew? Is that what it's called? It's it's called
1: Lakers Crew. Uh, the video itself is, in, is called... Um, the lake show cribs edition yeah. if you want to take a look at that uh we post it on instagram but again we'll, we'll keep posting on instagram twitter and kind of keep you guys updated hopefully i think the school is also going to be helpful set with that so we'll kind of get our word out there a bit more um but yeah uh, stay tuned for all of that some good stuff going on and trying to subscribe like Harpsy said to not only um the podcast app but also youtube now so yeah
0: yeah absolutely so uh Some exciting things coming our way, your way, all of our ways. Yeah, so I had a good time today. It's always fun fun doing these. Salty, another great edition of The Lake Show. There you go, number 10, double digits, baby. Decade episode, folks. Once again, we are so happy to do this for you, and we will be back again and again and again and again and again. It's The Lake Show, folks. What else do you want to know? Stay seeing (laughs) me.